Welcome to the Glam Podcast. My name is Molly Mahoney from The Prepared Performer, and we are going to help you to go live and monetize. Have you ever heard the idea that building a business should be easy, maybe even effortless, like the idea that income is passive and that you only have to work, you know, two hours a week? Well, sometimes these ideas feel a little bit I'm just going to be honest, aggravating because we're over here working our tuchuses off to build our business. <laughs> I do have to tell you, though, I recently read a book and I've got it here. I just had it in my hand. I recently read a book. <gasps> Are you ready for it? Called Effortless. <laughs> and this book had so many amazing tweaks, foundations in it that really have got me thinking about this idea of things being effortless, like a feather, if you would. <laughs> Right. And I am thrilled to be able to have the author of this book, the amazing Danny Eaney, who is also a dear friend. And I am just so, so, so looking forward to diving into this topic, not only because I know it's something that you're probably going to love, but also because this past year, huh, man. business that takes a lot of hard work is actually a choice. And this is something that I am so stoked to be able to dive in today with the amazing Danny Eaney. So let's bring him up. Oh my gosh, I hope you have heard of him. He is one of my favorite people when it comes to talking about our businesses, building courses, doing things that you love in order to, you know, uh, make a living, make some moolah, and also change the world. So Danny, welcome. Holly, it is so great to be here with you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so good to see you too. And man, I, when was it that you were here at my house when we did that awesome interview together? Was that over a year ago now? Or was it just about a year? Just over. It was like January of last year. It was like a little bit before everything went insane. Oh my gosh, which you were on this huge tour going all over mm -hmm. and interviewing people, which I know, you know, actually this is something that we can talk about with what we're going to be talking about with the book. Um, some people may see that as like, whoa, what is he doing? That seems like so much effort, but it seemed like something that you also really loved. I, so I had a lot of fun with it. I absolutely did enjoy it. Um, it, it also did take some effort, but <laughs> uh, so, so, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, the idea of effortlessness and I, I, I should kind of frame what I mean by that. Okay, that was actually, you are like psychic because if we pull up my agenda, can I show you that this is show me, show me the agenda. The first question that I was gonna ask was, um, what does effortless even mean? <laughs> well, there you go, okay, so. <laughs> so we're on the same page, which is so good. Before we do that though, I wanna make sure we got everybody coming in because sometimes, you know, the links change as Facebook goes live and all of that. So let's make sure before we dive into this question so that people don't miss it, I wanna make sure that you know today, we're gonna to be talking about whether or not it's even possible to create an effortless business and what that actually means. And Danny's awesome new book, which is upside down. <laughs> Danny's awesome new book. So if you want access to the show notes from today, you want to be able to get a reminder next time we go live, all you have to do is write, remind me below this video and we will reach out via a message or via a comment and get you a link so that you can be reminded for our next video. You'll also get information about the show notes and it's so easy, it's so cool. I'd love to know also where you are tuning in from. So let us know in the chat, where are you as you're here with us, whether it's in the replay 
or if you're here live, either way, I would love to know where you are. So make sure you let us know in the chat. Oh, it's so good. I can see that we've got Jordan here. Hello, Jordan. Jordan is an awesome member of our team. We also have Jot here. And oh my gosh, how cool. Holly Shortall already grabbed her copy, which is so good. Oh, I love it so much. So good. Oh, and Sally, make sure when you write remind me, you write it all one word. So not remind me, but just one singular word. Remind me. <laughs> all mixed together. Um, all right. Okay. Oh, and Danny, before you answer that first question, I do have one more request, which is if you have friends or maybe family members that you think might be working a little too hard and maybe they'd like to have an effortless experience, <laughs> uh, go ahead and do what I like to call sprinkling this video amongst your community. So Danny, do you know why we say sprinkle and not S-H-A-R-E? I do, you explained it to me last time I was on one of these. <laughs> so, You're just so clever, Facebook can't keep up. can't keep up. So sprinkle this, once you have sprinkled this video amongst your community, go ahead and give us the word sprinkled below this and um, I'm gonna give you a shout out, which is so good. Oh my gosh, I see some more friends here. It was Mimi's birthday yesterday or two days ago, maybe that was two days ago. Oh my gosh, happy birthday, Mimi. <laughs> so good, all right. Now, Danny, talk to us. This word effortless, I've been thinking about it so much because of your awesome book, which I'm gonna bring up on the screen. What does effortless even mean? Yeah, so first of all, belated happy birthday to me. <laughs> yes. um, you know, I, I thought a lot about, do I want to use this word? Because it does have these connotations of, you know, I'm going to kick up my feet and I'm going to, you know, be on the couch chilling out or, you know, the, the laptop yes. on the beach cliche never made sense to me because, you know, you get sand in the laptop and there's no Wi-Fi from coconuts. But, you know, this idea that, you know, you can just passive income, make money while you sleep in your underwear, that kind of thing. And that's not what this is about. Which is why I you wanted know. to address it right away. I knew you were going to say that. So yeah. we didn't even plan it, but I'm so glad. Thank you. But, but yeah, we should be really upfront about that. No, nobody's saying you don't have to do any work to build a business, right? But you're going to do some work. You're going to put in some time. You're going to put in some quote unquote effort, right? <laughs> but then what happens as a result of that effort, right? Sometimes, and this is, I think, something that a lot of entrepreneurs uh, can relate to. It's like, you know, you're, you're putting in the time. You're, you're doing that grind every single day and it feels like you're getting nothing back. It's like, I don't know if this is working. I don't know if anybody cares. I don't know if this is leading anywhere, right? It feels futile, mm. right? It feels like it's going nowhere. It's like pushing a boulder up a hill. The second you let go, it's rolling back. It's pushing back against you with everything that you're trying to do, right? The opposite of that is effortless, right? The opposite of pushing a boulder up a hill is rolling a boulder, rolling, rolling a snowball down one, right? So you're pushing it down, you've got to make some effort, right? And you know, it's cold out because it's snow, so you're wearing your jacket, you're sweating, like all that stuff is happening. I'm in Montreal, it's a million degrees <laughs> below zero right now. Um, but you're pushing that snowball down the hill and it's picking up momentum and it's going faster and faster and it's getting bigger. Mm. So you still have to do some work. You still have to do a little bit of that pushing, but it's about what are you getting for your efforts, right? Effortlessness, is, is the opposite of futility. Yeah. So you're putting in the time, you're putting in some work, but you're getting a result. It's it's leading interesting places. You're not fighting for every result that doesn't even occur. I would love if, I, I don't know why I've been really into metaphors lately. And as I've been thinking about the word effortless, I've noticed it in everything that I'm doing. And so I would love if you're watching this right now, whether it's here live with us right now or in the replay, 
I would love you to think of something in your own life, which you know, maybe even this morning, you've done in an efforted way, and then maybe you realize there was an effortless way to do it. So I'm gonna share a little example. I have this coffee mug that's right here. It has a lid on it. And I don't know why, but I keep, <laughs> I keep trying to open it the wrong way. Like, and I do actually know why. It's because I'm right-handed and I have the lid on this way so that the opening is on that side, which means I would have to hold it with my left hand. Therefore, I am making this way more efforted than it needs to be. But I've sat there and tried to open it backwards so many times. And I feel like that's honestly, so I'm just going to turn the lid around right now as we're here. I think we do little things like that in our businesses and our lives where if we would do some prep work first, do put the right effort in first, it allows things to feel more effortless as we move forward. And to me, that's really... It, it, that's really something that I, I saw in this book that you laid out the exact right effort to put in so that it makes things easier. You're, you're what I would call like a prepared performer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was the intention. Okay. Um, born, of, uh, born of many challenges. Yes. Oh, I love it. So, so yeah. So tell us, tell us um, like, how do we even uh, just like start from the beginning? <laughs> how do we, let me tell you where okay. it came from. I love it. Right? Because, you know, so I, I've been um, I've been in this business for a long time now, kind of a little more than a decade, which um, I was always I was always the youngest guy in the room. And all of a sudden, I feel like a dinosaur in this industry. But, you know, decades are a really long time in Internet years. <laughs> and, you know, I, I started this business kind of coming back from less than nothing. I had. Um, I had a previous business setback and uh, I, I had a quarter of a million dollars of debt and I had no relationships in the industry and no subscribers. So really starting from less than scratch. And um, I tried some stuff and I hit on some things that worked really well and the business grew really fast. So in, in those first, let's call it five, six years, the business more than doubled year over year, every year, right? So we went from zero to many millions of dollars in annual revenue in the span of just a few years, right? Really fast, rapid growth. Now, I was working hard during that time, right? Of course, <laughs> I was working hard, but still, the the results of that effort were were dramatic, right? So the business was just growing and growing and growing and growing, and you know, I'm thinking, wow, this is this is amazing. And there's this interesting phenomenon that happens when you are smart and talented, and also in the right place at the right time and inexperienced enough not to realize that the results are not only because of your smarts and talent, but also because of the right place at the right time, you become very arrogant. And, and you know, I've been reading a lot of business biographies lately. And the one I stumbled onto that, that was striking to me was the story of Steve Jobs, mm. right? And you know, there's a million biographies, everyone's heard the story. Yeah, which, which biography were you reading or was it a specific one? Does well, I, I read the, the I think it's the Walter Isaacson one, okay. but you know, I was reading a bunch of stuff about him. And I yeah. think most people are familiar with his story, but started Apple computer in um, in in his parents' basement, uh, parents' garage rather, um, at the age of 21. And by the age of 25, four years later, it was something like a billion dollar company. No big deal. Right. And and most stories fixate on like, holy crap, like that's meteoric rise and rapid growth. But the part that jumped out to me, maybe because of just where I was in my life when I was reading, is like that's a lot of success to have accomplished at the age of 25, right? You, you don't have a lot of perspective on life, on the world at the age of 25. It's very easy. It's not surprising that then he crashed and burned <laughs> because when you're smart and talented enough to see an opportunity and seize it and create something of that scale, but 
you know, maybe you don't have the perspective to realize how much of this was meeting the market where it was, as opposed to you're just, you know, people telling him literally reality distortion field. You can bend reality to your will. This is not good for the ego of a 25 year old, right? So, you know, and, and I saw parallels with my story, not that I've built anything to the scale of Steve Jobs, but that, you know, having achieved some success early on, you start thinking that you have the hand of Midas, right? I'm, I'm so good at this, whatever I touch is gonna turn to gold. And so you try all these things and they don't work, right? And so this effortless growth gave way to really stalled, struggling growth. And we kind of stalled around, I wanna say like $4 million in annual revenue. And we stalled there for a bunch of years and things got harder and harder and harder. And yeah, it's not that nothing was working. We had this $4 million company. So, you know, things were still working, but, but it was getting harder yeah. and our margins were getting thinner and we tried things that didn't work and that cost us money. And then I, I did what all resourceful entrepreneurs do, which is probably almost everyone on this call. I pulled rabbits out of my hat. That's what we do. Right? You're backed into a corner. You're like, all right, I've got to come up with something. Boom, rabbit, right? I figured something out, made us some money, lived to fight another day. But the rabbits don't change the trajectory of your business. It's like you're using up all these latent opportunities everywhere. It gets harder and harder each time. And all you're doing is extending that runway a little bit further. And this is an experience that I think is familiar to a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Um, if, if you're watching this and you're like, I've been there, type a rabbit into the chat. If you've ever been like, I've got to pull a rabbit out of my hat just to figure something out. We've all, we've it all could been. be that right now you're now realizing like, oh, those were rabbits and that's why they only worked one time. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. You may, sometimes I think we mistake, I'm like hitting my desk on my camera, hold on. Okay, sometimes I think we, we mistake um rabbits for like actual strategies that are duplicatable <laughs> but really mm -hmm. it was more of a unicorn rabbit and it's like <laughs> it worked well in that one time but you need some sort of actual foundation and um what we're going dive to in, dive into now to make things so that they can happen uh more predictably maybe exactly that's exactly right and that's kind of where I came to after, you know, I don't know how many years of pulling rabbits out of my hat. And I got to this breaking point. I was like, okay, this, this is not working. What's going on. I've got to figure this out. Yeah. And I had, I had the benefit of two sets of experience, right? I had a few years of like things not working out so well. And before that I had a whole bunch of years of things working out really well. Mm -hmm. So I could, I could kind of compare and contrast what was different. I knew what both of them felt like. And what I came to was this concept of alignment right? When things were not working well, I had these brilliant ideas and it's like, I was trying to force them on the world. I was trying to, I know what the world needs better than anything. I'm going to make this happen by sheer force of will. And the challenge is that if you're, you're a smart and resourceful enough entrepreneur, you can will your way into certain things at certain times. Um, you know, there's, there's a book that I love called For Better or For Work. It's about what it's like being married to an entrepreneur. For better or for work? For better or for work. Oh my gosh, that's um, so I, I can tell there are some people here who may need to buy that. Oh, it's, it's an awesome, awesome book. She's talking about what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur when the entrepreneur is sick. And she's saying how it's just so infuriating because like with everything else, entrepreneurs believe they can just like will themselves to get better. And have, I'm sure you've done this, right? I've done this. 
It's like, you know, you're, you're sick, hundred and whatever fever. You're like, no, no, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to work. I'm going to make this, I'm not, I don't have time to be oh sick gosh, right wait. now. Can I actually, I have a story about this. So I, I forgot to mention our nugget giveaway. I want to make sure that I mention our nugget giveaway. So share your nuggets below and I'm going to do two things. I'm going to give away a selfie light and then I'm also going to give away a copy of Danny's book in print. You can get Danny's book for free right now just by going to the link that I'm putting in the chat. So make sure you check out the link in the chat. You can get it for free, the Kindle version for free. I would love to send you an actual, like this version of it also. One of you I'm gonna pick, but you have to share your nuggets. So share what the best nugget is so far, write the hashtag nugget and then write the actual nugget there. And we're doing a new thing with our nuggets where I'm actually going to be picking a winner next week from this video also. So if you've watched this in the replay, I'm gonna pick a new winner next week too. Later at the end of this video, I'm gonna pick a nugget winner from last week's video also. So good. So you keep coming back for more. It's real fun. Okay, Danny, I actually have a quick story about this. I was it. in New York. I lived there. My sister and my mom had come out to visit and I got super sick. And I was determined, even you know, at the time as a performer, I can still consider myself, I was an entrepreneur, but I was determined that I was going to have this amazing time with my sister and my mom. I was not going to let my sickness get me down. So before we left the hotel, I actually threw up before we left the hotel and I was like, it's it's okay, I'm gonna be okay. Like that's not enough of a sign. I leave, we're in H&M. This is such an embarrassing, crazy story, but it's so true. We're at H&M, I'm on the escalator and I, no, 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 I realized at H&M, I was like, oh gosh, I'm gonna be sick again. So I went to the person at the like checkout, whatever, and I asked where the restroom was and it was on like the fourth floor of H&M. <laughs> so of course, cause that's how New York is. Uh, full on, on the escalator, I threw up on the escalator in the middle of New York and I ended up throwing up into my hat. <laughs> so horrible. But like that is the point that sometimes we get ourselves to as people who think we can will things to happen by sheer effort when really I should have just listened to my body and been in alignment with the fact mm -hmm. that I was not feeling well. Like, well, and, and the thing is, you know, your, your kryptonite and your superpower are related, right? Like, it is a superpower that you can, like, will yourself to do and will yourself to create things that most other people can't. Yeah. But sometimes we take it too far, right? And so <laughs> this was, mind you, a giant tangent. But so coming back to, like, where where where, where we started, right, it, it's all about alignment, yeah. right? It's how much is your business what other people want and need it to be? And... I, again, I really dug into what was working when it was working, what was not working when it wasn't. Mm. And I found these three different dimensions of alignment okay. and they're tied into three core customer desires, right? So this is gonna sound super technical, but bear with me, right? There is, there is what people want, <laughs> there is who they want it from, and there's how they want to get it, right? So, you know, if we, if we wanna get fancy, there's, I call it the obvious offer, the resonant identity. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. Say the uh, fancy ones again, and I'll write them down. So the, the so the obvious offer, okay. that's what people want. The resonant identity, that's who they want to buy it from. And the intuitive path, that's how they want to get it. Let's see if we can get all of these to show up on the screen at the same time, because sometimes they hide on me. Let's see. We do it. Ready and go. I did it. <laughs> there we go. Oh my gosh. This is a big, so I want to say about the book as well, which I put in the chat. One of the things that, that I love that makes the book effortless for people like me who sometimes go a little 
like get distracted distracted by our kids. So Danny actually has a little infographic of this here in the book, which I love. The obvious offer, the intuitive path, and the resident identity, which I set out of order. The other thing that I love, Danny, and did you do this in your, do you do this in all of your books? Because I don't remember this before. It may have been there before, but do you always do this chapter review thing at the end? I do it in most of them. I love it. And I'm sure I recognized it last time, but it's like a new discovery for me every time. I love those chapter reviews because sometimes, like I said, if we're you know distracted by kids or whatever, it really helps to ground everything, um, which I just really love. So can we dive into this obvious offer, resident identity, and intuitive path a little bit? Absolutely. Where, where do you Let's start, start with the obvious offer. <laughs> this is, And this actually is perfect timing because we have realized... Um, this like ties into all of this. So we have realized recently that our higher level programs, we have two programs, many of you know, we have camera confidence, which is how to show up on video, how to create a video that attracts, you know, people you actually want to work with and who actually want to pay you. <laughs> and then we have our higher level program, which is glam, which go live and monetize is what it stands for. And it's more of a higher level business coaching program. What we realized is sometimes there were people who didn't have an obvious offer nailed down. So in between camera confidence and glam, we're actually in the middle of creating a brand new program to help people to really nail down their offer. And so when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect. I've got to make sure everybody gets this book. This is going to really um, help for those people who sometimes they just can't like really nail down what that thing is. So I'm so stoked that we're talking about it today. Awesome. So like people get too stuck in their heads and they get too stuck in their expertise. And they're like, what are all the th yeah. cool things that I could do? Or what would I love for people to buy? Right. I, I get approached by people like three times a week who are like, I want to create a membership site. And there are a lot of good reasons to create a membership site, but there's also a really stupid reason. The really stupid reason is the reason that I hear all the time. It's like, well, I really like the idea of recurring income. Yeah. But, well, yeah, your customers don't care about that at all. <laughs> Right. So it's not about like what would be interesting or attractive about it to you. It's not about what are cool things you can do. It's not about what are you excited about. So it's about what do they want? Mm. And there's there's this amazing interview um, that was done with Jeff Bezos a while ago. And someone asked him something like, um, what's the new trend or something that you're excited about? What what do you think is, is going to change in the industry that's really important? And he answered, you know, I actually don't spend a lot of my time thinking about what is changing. I spend a lot more of my time thinking about what is always going to stay the same, mm. right? 10 years from now, if someone comes to me and they say, you know, here's what I, I know they're never going to say. They're never going to say, you know, Jeff, I love Amazon. I just wish the prices were higher, <laughs> right? They're never going to say that. People I just always wish want I could pay you every more. month on a recurring basis. <laughs> they're, they're never going to come to me, Jeff speaking, right? And say, you know, I love Amazon. I just wish it took longer for deliveries to get to my house, right? They're never gonna say, I love Amazon. I just, I wish there wasn't so much selection, right? And those are kind of the three constants that Amazon has optimized around. People are always gonna want lower prices, better selection and faster delivery. Mm, yeah. Right? That's what their customers want. And so they've invested, I mean, over the years, they've invested billions, tens of billions, hundreds of billions of dollars to be able to deliver this better than anyone else, right? That's the obvious offer. So that's the question that we want to really figure out for, for each of our businesses. What is it that our customers want? 
And there, there are different thought exercises, but you know, a fun one is, um, I mean, everyone's seen Aladdin, I'm sure, <laughs> right? And everyone coming out of Aladdin, you can't help but wonder to yourself, what would my three wishes be? Yeah. Right, we've all thought that, what would my three wishes be? And of course, we're like, you know, can I ask for more wishes or is there a way to, to you know, what, what if my wish is a run-on sentence? So I'm like squeezing five wishes into one wish. Right? I feel like I've strategized this. You know, the, the, the main wish is, uh, my first wish is to have three more wishes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? So imagine like you put that aside and this is your customer who's got the magic lamp and they're making wishes about what they want. What are their wishes about the product? Don't worry about like, this is ridiculous. I could never do it. That's so unreasonable. What are the wishes? What is their wish list? Yeah. Right? And, and you get this two, actually you're gonna get two wish lists because there's the wish list of things that they will say, right? Let's say you're, you're shopping for a car, right? You know, well, I want it to be um, sleek and I want it to be cool and I want it to be comfortable and I want it to go from zero to 60 really fast and I want air conditioning and, and whatever the list of things that I will ask for. But, and, and you know, let's look at Tesla. Tesla is one of my favorite companies. They've done an amazing job of building an obvious offer because they go through that list of things you're gonna ask for and they're like, yep, check, check, check. <laughs> and then there's, there's a second list which is the things that you want, but you would never say out loud that you want it, either because you think it's ridiculous or because you don't think they can do it or because it wouldn't even occur to you. I'll, I'll give you an example. We're gonna jump around a bit. So okay. um, I used to go every morning um, to Starbucks. I'd go for a walk in the morning. I like to get a tea as I go to Starbucks um, and I'd walk in and they say, what would you like? And every single morning I would lie to them. I would tell them, I, I want an Earl Grey tea with coconut milk. And I was lying because I know that they don't have what I actually want. What I actually wanted was a uh, rooibos tea because I, I'm oh, trying to stay I off. I love of rooibos tea. It's the best. Yeah. I want a rooibos tea. Which one do they have it? I'm sorry? Why don't they have that? <laughs> I don't know. I've had, I mean, I, I, you know, you, you can have this discussion with the baristas, but it's really not their fault. <laughs> Right, but I don't know why they don't that have it. For a while, they had this like powdery yeah. latte thing, which was awful. But I don't know why they don't have it. They should. Yes. But so I want a rooibos tea. It's, I like the flavor. There's no caffeine. It's rich enough to have milk, and I want it with either oat milk or macadamia milk because I'm trying to stay off dairy. But I like the flavor and texture of those. Yeah. They don't have any of those things. <laughs> the next best thing is an Earl Grey tea with coconut milk. Right, and I would go there every day asking for that until one day I was like, you know what, I don't want this. And I stopped going to Starbucks, <laughs> right? Because they didn't have what I wanted. They weren't giving me the obvious offer. Now the thing is I never asked for it mm. because I know they don't have it. So what's the point, <laughs> right? In exactly the same way, you know, now maybe because people are starting to wake up to the possibility, but two years ago, can you imagine anyone walking into a car dealership and saying, yeah, yeah, so I want something fast. I want it pretty. I want it to be this color. I want it to be comfortable. I want air conditioning. Um, and also, you know, I really don't like parallel parking. Do you have a car that could do that for totally. me? Right? Nobody, most people don't like parallel parking, but they're not going to go and ask for it. Yeah. Because, you know, it, they don't want to admit it. It's embarrassing. It feels ridiculous. Like what kind, what kind of car can parallel park for me, right? Tesla has done so well. Well, for a lot of reasons, it's a smart company, but they've done so well on the obvious offer front because they really thought through what is this list of things that people want that they will say? And what is the list of things that people want that they will never even think to say? Mm. But let's build all that in too. Yeah. Right? The, the secret to building an obvious offer is 
just six words. I'm sorry, we can't do that. Ooh, yeah, I was wondering. You want to never say those words. Yeah, I was reading that. You want to, wait, say that again about, you want to what? I'm sorry, we can't do that. Yes, and then what'd you say after that? Anytime you have to say those words, it's not an obvious offer. Why? Because whatever comes after those words is basically, I don't have what you want, but let me convince you that what I have <laughs> is just as good. Well, I, and that's where you're in, in this place of selling. Okay, this is also something though, because when I read that part of the book, the I'm sorry, I can't do that, I was like, oh, but I need to maybe lean into saying that more so that I end up with the right people. Because maybe if I can't do that, because you know what I mean? Like you can get into the place of where you're like, sure, I can do that, sure, I can do that, sure, I can do that. And then you've created a hot mess for yourself because you're trying to do everything for everyone, which is why we're gonna move into like, the actual people that you're working with, right? Well, I, I, I love I love that you're saying that because you're right, right? So um, I, I'm a big fan of Leonardo da Vinci. Okay. Yes. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, I've spent a lot of time reading about him and, and studying his art. Um, we could say which is his most famous painting, right? It's the Mona Lisa. Mm -hmm. But which is his best painting? Is, is, that an, yeah. is, can that even, is that an answerable question? No. It's not. <laughs> Because I have the beholder. Yeah. Right. In the same way, there's no such thing as as the most obvious offer, objectively speaking. Yeah. Right. There's only an offer that is that is obvious to your target customer. Mm -hmm. Right. So you want it to be perfectly obvious to your target customer. It doesn't have to be obvious at all to anyone else, because <laughs> who cares what they think, right? But to your target customer, to the person you really want to serve, you want to eliminate as many times. And here's the thing. It's very hard to get to a place where you never say, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Yeah. Right? I mean, you know, Uber can't do it. Amazon can't do it. Tesla can't do it. And they have, you know, billions of dollars and like they, they have a lot to work with. You, you don't, you're not going to get to a place where you never say it. But you can make a list, say, what are all the places where I'm explicitly or implicitly saying, I'm sorry, we can't do that? When can you cross some of those off? Mm -hmm. Right, because remember, it's 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 like the 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 brown bear story, right? Two guys are walking in the woods, and one of them sees a brown bear. He says, "That's a brown bear," and his friend kneels down and starts tying his shoelaces. And the other guy says, "What are you doing? You're not going to outrun a brown bear." And in in true Bond villain uh, kind of fashion, his friend who's tying his shoelaces says, "Well, I don't need to outrun the bear. I just need to outrun you." <laughs> right? So not much of a friend. <laughs> It turns out in this story, but but that's how competition works. Yeah, right. You don't need the you don't need to never say that. You need as a starting point to say it less than any of your competitors. Yeah, yep. And then you keep getting better and better and widening that gap, making the offer more and more obvious. Yeah, awesome. And there's so much in the book that helps to really like dial in and nail that down. So let's, oh, and also thank you. Someone recognized that I did not have the little box checked that allowed the link to actually be sent in the chat. So it was now sent in the chat again, I put it out there. So now you have the link there, which is so good. I love these nuggets here. Um, yes, not being stuck on what you want, rather focus on what people want, focus on what will not change, right? What is the constant? So many good nuggets. Keep the nuggets coming. I would love to to go into um, the resonant identity. Talk to us about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you know, any anything that people buy, you know, we we don't live in an era where you know everything's a commodity. Everything is like you know you don't care about the company. We do. We care about who we're buying from. Yeah. 
And so we want to buy from a resonant identity. Now, what makes a resonant identity? There are two qualities, and they exist in this kind of dynamic opposition, right? One is relatability, right? So, so you know, that that's the idea of, oh, you're just like me, right? We have all these things in common. You're just like me. But that's not enough. The other side of it is aspiration. It's the feeling of you're who I want to be when I grow up. Right? So that resonant identity, it's, it's at that interesting balance of relatability and aspiration, right? Because if it's just relatable, you know, you're, you're someone, especially if we're talking about like expertise-driven sales, transformation-driven sales, coaching, consulting, that kind of stuff, right? If you're just relatable, then I, I want to hang out with you. I want to have a beer with you. But I don't know if I want to buy from you or be led by you or learn from you. But on the other hand, if you're super, super aspirational, but I can't relate to you at all, then there's no connection. It's like, well, I'm, congratulations on all, all of your huge success. But I don't feel like I can do that. I don't see that bridge, right? I don't feel like I'm your people or your, or your mind. So it's really about that balance, right? Striking that, that balance between how, how are you like the people you serve? How can they feel connected to you? But also how are you further along on the path that they want to be on? How are you lighting away, showing them, yes, this is possible for me too. I think that knowing your audience. Well, and and the aspirational thing is also something that I find stops a lot of people because they feel like I'm so glad you you talk about both of these because people feel that they need to have this super fancy video or this super professional book launch or something that is um, way up there so that they look more professional and more like an expert. But you're right. A lot of times people want to learn from that person that that is is ahead of them, but maybe not so far ahead where it seems impossible. You've got to balance it with that relatability so so that your community knows that you see them, that it's not just about you on the pedestal as this expert, so. Well, and that's where you really wanna ask yourself and think about, you know, let's say I'm thinking about the quality of my videos. Yeah. Right, and, and you can also ask about, well, which videos are we talking about? Because a live stream like this is not the same as a launch video, it's not totally. the same as an offer. I'm sending to my audience, like there are different kinds, right? But what it, what what should be influencing the decision here? Is this about relatability or is this about aspiration? Mm. Right, because they're they're different things. Yeah, I love it so much. Oh my gosh. Okay, I <laughs> I want to get into the intuitive path as well. So how does like tell us what it is and how do we develop and define that? The intuitive path is about. Are you laying out a path where the next step that you want people to take is the next step that they automatically want to take? It's 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 what feels intuitive to them. This is what I want to do next. Or are you trying to force it? Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's a lot like uh, like when you're dating, right? If you meet someone, you want things to escalate because things are great mm -hmm. and you're getting along and you're having fun, right? You don't want it to be you know, just just tepid and going nowhere. You also don't want it to be moving faster than you're comfortable, right? When you have this feeling like, oh wow, this, it's just this, you know, beautiful, um, I'm swept up by the moment, everything is working, that's an intuitive path, right? You don't have and to persuade people. Effortless, right, that's that's where it feels exactly. that, that, that feeling of effortness, effortless effortlessness, mm -hmm. I suppose I would say, happens, yeah. So it's always about, like there, there's a basic uh, structure to doing this. It's about, uh, I call it a ladder of engagement, but you essentially climb that ladder with these escalating cycles of commitment and reward. 
right? So you invite people to make a commitment to you, and it could be a very small commitment, right? Spend 30 seconds watching this video. It could be <laughs> click on this ad, give me your name and email address, small commitment. Yeah. And then you reward people for making that commitment, right? I spent 30 seconds, I was entertained, I learned something, that's great. I gave you my name and email address, I got this really cool thing that's more valuable to me than, than my name and email address. Like I, I'm seeing that, oh wow, making commitments in this relationship is worthwhile. Yeah. And now there's an opportunity for another commitment, a deeper commitment, and again, another reward, right? So you always wanna ask, what is the, the commitment that people will be happy and eager to make given where they are? And then what is the reward that, that makes it more than worth worthwhile and sets you up for the next thing. You know, a lot of funnels don't work because you, you see the architecture of funnels that other people have where, you know, I don't know, it's an ad to a landing page, to an ebook, to a webinar, to a fill in the blank, whatever the thing. And people copy the architecture, mm. right? So I need an ad and a landing page, but, but they're not focusing on, am I making all the steps great? Right after someone opts in for the ebook, do they love the ebook? Is it amazing? Does it set them up for the next commitment because they want to do it? Or it's like, you know, so you've opted in, that's great. Next step, yeah, yeah, there's an ebook. Don't worry about it. PDF, you'll get in your email. Ignore that. Let's opt in for the right. Like, what are we doing here? Are we guiding people along this path that feels intuitive for them? Yeah. And I even it's it's also like meeting them where they're at. I love that the ladder of engagement goes kind of with our tree of beliefs. So we have this idea of a tree of beliefs, which is the content that you create needs to help people to move through this tree of beliefs. If someone isn't ready to have a business, they're not going to want a book about how to have an effortless business because they don't even have the idea of having a business in the first place. Right. So um, but that 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 ladder of engagement can kind of be similar to that, where if your content. than that as well it can um it can also have that same effect and i think where people get overwhelmed with that is there's so there it can feel like there's so many moving pieces so what mm -hmm. tips do you have for helping people to streamline that well by by not focusing on the architecture and all the pieces hmm. by focusing on what is the next step that feels right yeah for the people you want to serve. Yeah. You know, something that I like, uh, the reason I use the ladder metaphor, and I think it works with the tree as well, as opposed to a funnel, is that like people slide down a funnel, <laughs> right? It, it's a pass, going through a funnel, the 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 metaphoric imagery is, is a passive experience, yeah. right? A funnel almost happens to you, right? To climb a ladder, you have to take the steps. You have to be the active component. Same things to climb a tree, right? So it's not about, I'll show them this and then this and then this. They'll slide down that ladder and boom, they, they wind up at the sales page, right? It's about how do you entice people to want to climb, to want to take that next step? Yeah. And right? then so you're also going to get all, especially as a coach or a consultant, if you have micro, like micro commitments built mm -hmm. throughout your process, you'll find when you're working with someone, they're more likely to actually go through the program because they've known like, oh, when Molly says, give us a nugget, we give nuggets. When Molly says, do this assignment as a part of the course, we do the thing, right? <laughs> it's like you're you're building a relationship um, of trust really there because they're seeing, they, they learn to trust you with each of the steps that you give them. And then, like you said earlier, you're rewarding them for taking that step. So it's not about like, oh, you opted in for this book. Cool. Now go buy this thing. It's there's, there's that, you know, congratulations, make sure that you read it. What was your biggest takeaway? That type of thing. 
I love mm -hmm. it so much. Okay, wait. There. So now we've got these three these three concepts, right? The I've got them all written out here. The obvious offer, the resonant identity, and the intuitive path. And one thing that I loved. Where is it? Is this checklist thingamajig? It's not really a checklist, but this like scorecard. Can you talk to us about the scorecard? <laughs> I love all the images. Oh yeah. What do you call it? I open. You know, I, I open the book with this example of, um, I'm sure you'll relate because you have kids as well, yeah. of, of going to get ice cream, right? So, I mean, we don't do this now because like I said, Montreal, it's a million degrees below zero, <laughs> but in the summer, right? You know, especially like everything's closed, you, you take the kids for ice cream. So where are you going to go? And it happens to be that there are a few different ice cream shops in my neighborhood, right? And they're appealing to different people in my family for different reasons, right? Yeah. You know, there's uh, there, there's a place, one of the places, it's this like little artisanal local owned shop. They have amazing ice cream. Um, so I love it. Um, they have good vegan options. So my mom loves it. Um, they don't have a lot of seating and the lines are long. So we don't love that, right? <laughs> and that's kind of like the obvious offer versus the intuitive path. Yeah. And you know, then there's another place that's uh, a little further away and they never have a line, but the ice cream isn't so good. Um, there's another place that has um, very long lines, but their portions are really small. So I like that my kids aren't like exploding with sugar afterwards and they can put sprinkles on the ice cream, which is a big hit with the kids. So it, it's kind of to illustrate that it's, it's not this like one dimensional process. It's really asking who is your customer because Frankly, if you're if you're trying to sell ice cream to me versus to my kids versus to my mom, it's going to be different, yeah. right? But where are you strong, and where is there an opportunity for you to get stronger? Because the thing about you know these three different areas is that they have a multiplicative effect. You don't add them together. Let's say you rate yourself on a scale of one to ten for each of these, right? You don't add them together, which means you basically have a scale from three to thirty. You're multiplying them, so you have a scale from one to a thousand. Right, so making a little bit of incremental difference on each of them, it really adds up. It really compounds, and that's how you know you make things just a little bit more effortless every day and every oh, day. I love that you said over that. time. Get so much more, and it's not so. If you're watching this and it's like, whoa, this is a lot. Like all this effort that's going to have to go in to get this in place first before we get to the place of where it's effortless. I think. You know, it, it really is something that every day, every action that you take can help to make your business more effortless. It helps to be, you help to create, it helps you to create something that really resonates also with what you do love. So it's not like in the beginning, we talked with the obvious mm -hmm. offer. You're not going to create an obvious offer that's great for somebody else that you hate doing, right? You're going to, you're going to, you're going to eventually over time make little tweaks to make things easier and easier. And, um, that's where there's like exponential growth because you've used that that multiplication of, of the the elements. So I love it. So. I can share a little bit for people who are like, this is so much how to how to prioritize your time in terms of where do you find where do you find the opportunities to make things better? Um, this is, so there's more on this in the book, but you know you can start by making a list. What are all the things I can do to make my offer more obvious, to make my path more intuitive, to make my identity more resonant. Just make a giant list. Don't worry about feasibility, practicality, impact. Just make a giant list, right? Maybe you make a post-it note for each one of them. <laughs> then you take this big poster board and you divide it you know, vertically and, and across the sides. So one axis is, um, is, is cost. How, how much is it going to cost, time, money, energy, to make this change? And the other axis is impact. How much of a difference is this going to make? So you can take all these post-its and plot them somewhere on this board, 
And then from there, you can look at these quadrants. You're gonna have basically, yeah, there you go. So you're gonna have four quadrants. So you wanna start with the stuff that's really high impact and really low cost. Do those immediately. That's a way for you to really get some fast improvement of results in your business. You're gonna have stuff that is really high cost and really low impact. Don't do those ever, right? Because why would you? You're gonna have the things that are low cost and low impact. And that's the stuff where it's like little continuous improvements. Spend you know an hour every week making things a little bit better because they add up over time. Yeah. And then the really interesting corner is the high impact, high cost. Because that's the stuff that most people will never do. And so it takes you time but once you figure it out, it's a huge advantage. You know, we've—I've um, been around long enough. I mentioned I'm a dinosaur in this industry. That we kind of pioneered a couple of things that that now you'll see in a lot of places. So the first thing was that in every one of our programs, everyone works with a coach. Everyone works with a dedicated coach. And now, you know, we're not the only ones who do it anymore. Although I think we do it the best. But whatever <laughs> my perspective. But you know, we've been doing this for for like seven seven or eight years, where everyone gets a coach in our programs. And for the first few years that we did it, we lost money doing it because we didn't know how to do it yet. Yeah. But we learned how to do it and, and we are able to offer a higher level of coaching more affordably than just about anyone in the industry because we put in the time to figure it out, right? We also introduced guaranteed results. You know, Every one of our programs, we guarantee that you will see a return on your investment. If not, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll give you your money back. We'll keep working with you. We guarantee not just that you'll like it. I think satisfaction is, is, a, is a bullshit level of a guarantee. I, we guarantee that it will work because I think that's what you should do if you're making a promise. You should, you should stand behind it. And again, we lost money in, in the early years while we were figuring out how to make this work. But and now that we have, it's a huge advantage, right? Show me a program in the industry that doesn't come from us where they guarantee that you'll be successful and because you know we've been doing it for a while and a few of our um, competitors are starting to catch on. I noticed someone the other day, they're like, we guarantee results, asterisk, click here for details. And literally it goes to like 12 pages of fine print, right? We don't do that. <laughs> but we don't, we don't have to do that because it, we spent the time, we put in the R&D effort to be able to make it work, yeah. right? So R&D are those like, what are those things where this might take me a year or two to figure out kind of in the background on the side. But if I figure it out, boy, is it going to make my offer more obvious. I love it. And also, I didn't mention this earlier, but when I first launched our camera confidence program, I was in Danny's course, Danny's program. I had my own coach, Andy. He was awesome. So I can like fully attest. And that at this point was quite some time ago now. So uh, I can totally attest to how awesome it is. And it's been it's been so fun to be able to um, I've built the business that we have where you were there like right in the beginning when I first was when I had my first disaster of a launch and then I came to you to try and help me. So um, I was so grateful for the help of your program too. So I can attest how awesome it is. Oh, it's so good. So I love that. Well, thank you. It's really cool. Just the scale and the impact of what you've oh, built. So uh, it's I, I love seeing that. I'm honored that I get to be here. Yay. It's so good. We love it. Awesome. So we have some amazing friends here. Joey Vitali, my personal trademark lawyer, also part of our Glam alumni. He says, I love this topic. This is definitely something, Joey, you are going to love this book. So if you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to pop it up on the screen again. This will put the, the link into the chat there. I want to see you nuggets. Laura, amazing CamFam member. She says, nugget going through a funnel is a passive experience. So true. 
oh my gosh, we want to make it something where they're they're investing, they're you know they're they're getting little rewards along the along the way as well. Um, yes, yes, yes. So many good nuggets coming in. Okay, as we are coming up on the end of our hour together today, I I love what you shared about how to decide what to do first. I think um, that's it's such a, a it's so and it's great in the book the way that it's all listed out there too because I you know it's. It's awesome to hear you tell us about it right now, but really there's a whole section about this impact and cost and how to decide what to do first. And um, how can we like put a little, um, here, I would love if you have any ideas and thoughts about something else that I think really goes into this, which I mentioned at the very beginning, which is that choice. I think so often I see <laughs> um, whether it's, people who are coming to work with us or people that I just see doing this or even my kids, I see them make the choice to make it difficult as opposed to recognizing it can actually be easy. It can be, I, I love you said this on the, another video that we did together, the difference between easy and simple, right? We make things more difficult for ourselves quite often. So how do you have any tricks for how we can get into the mindset of recognizing this can actually be a little more effortless every day? with the systems that you've laid out here? I love that question. And, and I mean, honestly, I'm not a mindset <laughs> expert. I'm, sometimes people are like, you know, but I just don't have the confidence. What should I do? And I'm like, just suck <laughs> it up and do it. Right? You'll, you'll feel more confident after. There you but go. I, I like your choice of words and that it is a choice. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you, you always want to kind of look at, there's a great line um, out of the book, Upstream. Um, they're quoting someone, I don't remember who they're quoting, but basically that every system is perfectly designed to produce exactly the results that it does produce, right? And so whatever you're getting, you are doing exactly the right things to get exactly what you are getting. And so look at exactly what you're getting in terms of outcome, in terms of experience, in terms of process, and ask yourself, is this what I want? And if it's not, then maybe change something. And if it is, then, I mean, that's great. You've got exactly what you want. So that's perfect, right? But it, it is a choice. And, and here, here's the, there is a bit of a, a kind of mental trap, um, which is, so, so I, I read a book by a colleague of mine years ago, or maybe I heard him tell the story, but um, he was saying how, you know, he got himself into this position where he was working like 18 hour days and he was never seeing his kids and like his business was wearing him down, all that kind of stuff. And he was like, I've got to change this. But he had this really smart realization, which was, you know, it took me three years to engineer this crappy situation. <laughs> I'm not going to make it disappear overnight. I'm going to give myself three months, six months, nine months, whatever it is, to turn it around. Right? Effortlessness is a choice. It's not an instant reality. Mm. Right? I guarantee you that if you decide I want a more effortless business, it's not going to magically be more effortless five minutes later. But if you put in the effort to make your business just a little more effortless every week, a year later, you are not gonna believe the difference. And I'll tell you from my own personal experience, right? We were kind of stalled at like just under $4 million in annual revenue for like four years or something. I made this change and we started growing again. The next year we went from 4 million to over 7 million, right? So it's not just that it changes, but it's, it's, it's amazing how fast it changes 
even though the, at the very beginning, it doesn't feel like it's happening all that fast. But it, that's the thing about compounding. It gets easier and easier. It really picks up. So it, it is a choice. And you know, I talk about with my students, I talk about discipline sometimes. Um, I have a background in martial arts, so I, I kind of draw on that. And discipline is one of those concepts that I feel is often very misunderstood. People think discipline is about having the willpower to just force yourself to do something you don't want to do. And I don't think that's what it is. I think discipline is about the presence of mind to choose what you want over what you feel like in the moment, mm. right? It's not about the path of least resistance in this minute. It's about choosing to create the path of least resistance over the time that you're going to be doing what you're doing. So just to have the, give yourself the space to think a little more broadly than, than the moment that you're in to choose what is the path that you actually want to be on? What is the path that will be intuitive for you? Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so true. And each moment you get to make that choice in each moment. Ah, I love it so much. It would be so great if we could do, for those people that have just joined us, for those people that maybe are you know watching in the replay that want to just get a little recap of everything that we've been through today. So what we're going to do is I am going to go back to the very top of my little notes that I have here. And I'm going to do a little intro. And then I'm going to say something like a little prompt for you. I know we've done this together before, but I'm going to say the prompt for you. And then you just kind of fill in with one or two sentences. Basically, what we're going to create is this little speedy recap of our full show. And then I'm going to chop that up, put it on YouTube, and it will also be included with uh, the show notes and stuff so that people can get just a little condensed version of the whole entire show. Does that sound good? Like a Mad Libs of yeah, our exactly. interview. Like a Mad Libs of our interview. No one has understood it that way. So true. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So um, I right before I do it, I'm going to clap so that our editor knows where to pick it up. And then we're also going to up the nuggets. So as we're going through this, share the best nuggets because I'm going to be doing a nugget, uh, the nugget giveaway. I'm going to pick the winner as soon as we get through this. So I can see your comments here. Make sure you keep those nuggets coming in. And we're going to go... So by sharing the best nuggets, you're talking to everyone who's watching, oh, not yes. to me, right? <laughs> Correct. Danny, you don't need to share the best nuggets. You're going to deliver the nuggets at, in Mad Libs style. Awesome. <laughs> okay, yes, thank you. Um, Oh, and if you, yeah, if you want the show notes, thank you, Sally just said show notes. If you do want the show notes, make sure you give us the word remind me, all one word below this video. And uh, our little friend, Mollybot, will reach out to you either right away or in a little bit, and she will send you information on where you can get the show notes and a reminder for our next show, which is so good. All right, are we ready for this? For Mad Lib Speedy Recap. Okay. Let's do it, okay. Let's do it. I'm ready. <laughs> so um, you may have heard the idea of your business being this effortless, passive income, wonderful thing where you lay on the beach and dollars just fly at your face. Well, we have a little bit of a slightly different version of that, but it is true. I'm going to say I do believe that it is true that you can create an effortless business. And so I am so thrilled to be bringing to you my dear friend, Danny Eaney, with his new book, Effortless. Ah, so good. And we're going to talk about it. Is it possible to build an effortless business? <laughs> so Danny, we're going to get started by just defining what the heck does effortless even mean? So effortless is not the opposite of effortful. Effortless is the opposite of futile. 
right? You're gonna be putting some effort into building your business either way. Is it going to feel like pushing a boulder up a hill or is it going to feel like rolling a snowball and we want to make one? We want the snowball effect. We want it to feel like that, right? More and more like that. Oh, good. So, and it really, you said something about this, a little version of this earlier when we did this full video, which happens over on our, uh, you know, live stream that we do. So you said putting the right effort in first. So it's putting in that, the effort that is the, the right effort, as opposed to putting in like all of the futile effort. So I love that. Love it so, much. so the way that you really set your business up to do this, you have three different important pillars that you wanna make sure you have in place. Can you go over those important pillars? Yeah, so there are three dimensions of, of customer desire, three dimensions of what people want, right? They want, um, there's what they want, the thing that they want, there's who they want it from, and then there is how they want to get it. And so those translate to these three levers, the obvious offer, the resonant identity, and the intuitive path. And I, I love that levers, they are levers. So let's go, let's just uh, quickly like touch on each of these. So the first one is the obvious offer. Yes, the obvious offer is about creating an offer that you don't have to persuade or convince or manipulate anyone to buy because they're basically tripping over themselves to buy it. It's exactly what they want, right? There are six magic words to eliminate, to create an <laughs> obvious offer. And those are the words, I'm sorry, we can't do that. Your customers have this imaginary wish list. They actually have two imaginary wish lists of what they want. The, the explicit list, which is the things that they will actually ask for, and the implicit wish list, which is the things that they might never ask for because they'd be embarrassed or they wouldn't even think to or they don't think you can do it, but they still want it. And the more you eliminate the need to say, I'm sorry, we can't do that to things on that list, the more obvious the offer becomes. And remember, these are things you can add incrementally over time, which I love that. Just keep a running list of what are the what are the things that we could, what are the things we know our community wants? What are, we, what are the things we know our clients would love that would make them say, absolutely, yes, throw credit cards at your face. All right, the next one is to define your resonant identity. Talk to us about the resonant identity. Yeah, so people care who they are buying from, right? That matters to them. And especially if we're talking about the, the you know, I, I work typically with coaches, consultants, speakers, authors, experts. So people who have knowledge-based expertise and there's a relationship that comes into play as well. They want to buy from someone who has a resonant identity. And there are two dimensions to that resonant identity. There is the uh, dimension of, of relatability, right? You're my people, we're, we're the same, you and I. I see myself in you. And there's also the dimension of aspiration, but you've achieved something that I want to achieve. You can light the way of where I want to go. You are who I want to be when I grow up. And, and there's a, a tension between relatability and aspiration, right? If you're too much like me, then I've got nothing to learn from you. If you're too aspirational, you're too far off, then you know I can't really, that's great. Congratulations on your success, but I can't relate to you at all. So it's really about that balance of um, you're just like me and you're who I want to be when I grow up. I love that you use the word tension because I was going to say balance between it, but it's true. It is a tension because they really do come from different, you know, totally different dynamics. And so finding that balance and maybe maintaining part of that tension so that it really has both of those things in place. Ah, so good. So good. Okay. And then the final one is that clear intuitive path. So explain that. Yeah, that's simply about, you know, again, not trying to force or push or manipulate people into taking the next step that you want them to take. It's about making sure that you keep laying out in front of them the, the, the next step that they want to take, right? The next step that you invite them to take is the next step that they're looking to take anyway. <laughs> and aligning that path so that 
it inexorably leads to where you want to go because it's where they want to go. Again, this is all about alignment. Yeah, it's that alignment. It makes it a total no-brainer. And you're like, oh, wow, all these people are saying yes because you laid out the path for them to be able to make those micro-commitments, move up, as you called it, the ladder of engagement. Do you want to touch on that for just half a sec? Yeah, so I, I prefer the metaphor of a ladder yeah. um, to the metaphor of a funnel because funnels imply passivity, right? People are, are kind of like sliding down the funnel until they land on your sales page. Whereas to climb a ladder, people have to make effort. You have to um, you have to entice them. They have to want to make the effort to step closer and closer and closer to commit further in their relationship with you. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I just want to highlight also, if you're thinking like all these things, how do you actually put them into place? Remember that Danny does have all of this listed out in this awesome book, which is titled Effortless. I'll make sure that there is a link here for you to be able to grab it. Uh, I've just loved diving into this. And he really does lay out how to prioritize what to do first. Uh, I mean, there's it's step by step. There's pictures even. There's little recaps of each chapter. I just, I really, really love it. So I want to end this by saying something that we discussed in our longer version of this full video is the fact that effortlessness is a choice. So I want to empower you to know that every day you can make one little step toward a more effortless business. And that'll give you more time to like live the life that you actually love. You can take your computer out onto the sand on the beach, get some sand in there, your, your laptop lifestyle, obviously so cool, right? But it's true. We're, Danny and I both really, um, I know that we, we love serving our clients, helping them to do things that actually, you know, give them a life that they love, not just a business that they love. So make that choice. It's possible. Mm -hmm. It is possible. <laughs> awesome. So this has been a speedy recap of our full video that we do on our Facebook page. Make sure you join us over on Facebook too. I'll put a link down here for the show notes. And ah, Danny, thank you so much. Molly, thank you so, so much for having me. Thank you everyone for watching. This has been a blast. Um, you're, you're one of my favorite people. Ditto, ditto. So. Oh my gosh. Okay. I told Danny in the beginning that I wanted to try and make this. Let's see if we could do it in 30 minutes. And obviously he and I don't know how to do that. So can you help me pick a nugget winner really quick? Just tell me when to stop. All right. Now. Okay. Oh my gosh. There it is. This one you've never won before. It's Carlanti Wallace. And her nugget is what resonates with your audience what's the perfect offer? Oh my gosh, the obvious offer. Good nugget. So Carlanti, if you can email us at molly at thepreparedperformer.com, you uh, will win a selfie light, a real selfie light in the mail. We'll send it to you like this. So make sure you send us your actual, um, your actual address. And then I am going to pick one more nugget winner. Can you, can you tell me to pause one more time again or when to stop again? I'm going to pull it up here. Okay. Now. Whoa, that was good. I like it. There, there's all of these comments and none of them say nugget. Oh my gosh, where did they go? All right, I'm just gonna pick one of the comments, which is going to be Nancy Byerland, you are a nugget winner. I'm gonna comment below here and let Nancy know. I don't think she's here with us right now, but I'm gonna let her know that she won a selfie light too. This is so awesome. Woo! Woo <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Carlanti, I'm also gonna send you a copy of Effortless, so make sure you get us your address. And if you've yet to grab your free copy, it is still available for free right now. Make sure you go grab your free copy of Effortless. Oh my gosh, so grateful for you, Danny. This has been so fun, and I just really love talking about this kind of stuff, because I think it's something we all can do no matter what level of business we're at. Super grateful for you, and I hope you'll come back sometime soon. 
I would love that anytime. Yay. Thank you As so much. As always, we love helping you to unlock your inner awesome and elevate it with the magic of live video. Oh my gosh. And getting your business stuff in gear. So good. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye.